On August 29, 1995, Michelle Renee Wynn was abducted in Goldsboro, North Carolina. At the time of her abduction, Michelle was 17 years old, and she was described by many as a petite, soft-spoken, and very beautiful young woman. And growing up, that's all I really remember of Michelle. To be honest with you, the most exposure that I've had to seeing or knowing her personally was just seeing the flyers of wanted more information when you help with this case around my church, around the communities that I lived in. And it always brought a sort of sadness and almost fear that someone so young in our very backyards, that something like that could have happened to her. Yeah, I definitely agree. I I remember being a kid standing at the bus stop or being in a car um, with my mom or about to cross a crosswalk and just seeing her 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 posters plastered all throughout the city and just seeing someone who looked like me mm. a young african-american female who is just smiling on a school picture and for her to just be missing um and and you, and you know it just strikes fear in your heart because you know that more than likely she was harmed um yeah i, I remember that too And I think you said a really key thing there. She looked like me. She looked like us. And if you don't mind me saying, I feel like that's the entire inspiration behind all this. Not just this episode, but for this entire podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone, thank you for joining us for the very first episode of Killing Color. My name is Brandon. I'm Tori. And Tori, I think one of the most frustrating things us both have followed true crime for so many years is that it just doesn't seem that cases involving people that look like us really get a lot of attention. Um, yeah, Brandon, you're 100% right. Um, and I don't think that's just a feeling. I, that's a very valid point. We know that nationally and statistically that uh, minority people who are involved in minority criminal cases or minority victims, um, their cases aren't closed as fast as a case against a non-minority. Um, and we know that uh, minority people groups are disproportionately affected by crime. So, yeah, you're 100% right. And don't you feel like Michelle's case is the perfect example of that? Um, My heart goes out to her family because it just seems like Michelle's case has been entirely forgotten, swept under the rug. And I know for both of us, it was really difficult trying to find information um, about the case. Um, It feels like there's not that much that's publicly known um as when it was um over almost 25 years ago yeah yeah i think one thing that really speaks to that brandon is if you go um down center street right now you will see some of those same flyers that have been up since we were children that we discussed earlier with the same information like nothing has been updated like we could find videos maybe someone might have did an anniversary uh special on her case 
But other than that, we have no information but the memories, the images that we have burning in our head and those same exact fires that I think that her father himself put up so many years ago. Maybe someone went over and laminated them and copied them and put a fresh one up, but there's no new information. How will this case ever be solved if we don't know anything? Yes, Tori, I can't believe it, but really 25 years, that's over two decades with no new information. All that we have about this case is that she was walking to school, was reported missing, and then her body was found the next day. Um, I believe it was within the span of like a day all of that happened. And I know that investigators are still looking for help with this investigation. If you saw anything or if you, you know, have any tips, they're definitely, you know, are still open and available because it's, you know, but at the same time, with so little information and no really direction from there, how can the public assist with anything at all? It's we're literally at the same place that we were when she was first uh, found, when her body was first found, and that's really sad. Yeah, Brandon. So what we do know, the facts that were reported um, on WRAL um, and many other news outlets um, and newspaper articles, what we do know is that Michelle was walking to Goldsboro High School. She was abducted, um, and her body was found um, on South Retha Street in Goldsboro um, in a wooded area. She was strangled and left for dead. So, Tori, does anybody actually know where South Retha Street is? Brandon, that's a great question because, like, we're from Goldsboro, born and raised. And when we read that, we were like, where is South yeah. Retha Street? So, South Retha Street is actually, like, on the outskirts of town, on the outskirts of the city limits. And it's actually off of a major street called George Street. So it's off of North George Street. Do you know what George Street is? Right, yeah. I yeah. definitely know George. Yeah, so it's uh, it's one of those side roads, one of those uh, service roads off of George Street. And I think that's a lot to unpack because, to be honest with you, growing up, I didn't even realize that her body had been found. Um, I was always under the impression, I think we both discussed this, that we just thought she was missing and was assumed to be dead. But South Aretha Street, off of George Street, don't you think that for her to be dumped, her body to be dumped in a location like that, that means that somebody would have to know that part of town really well? Yeah, you're exactly right. And when we looked at um, Google Earth and also like just driving, like when we were just driving down that street, riding through town, um, yeah, it's like a, what, like a remote street, like you don't take that street to get to another street like and now today the area where her body was found has been cleared um and the wood line has been pushed back but before like in 95 like the wood line wasn't pushed back yet so it's like like you had to have known that that would be a great spot and you had to have known that like it wasn't a busy spot you know yeah so, just putting everything into perspective, the locations that we know for as facts is that she was walking to Goldsboro High School. For those of you who may not know, uh, both of us are very familiar with Goldsboro High School. It is the main high school that's within the city limits of Goldsboro. Mm -hmm. Everyone from the area knows where Goldsboro High School is, right? Yep. So, and then you have this off 
you know, shoot street, you know, closed off, you know, away from the main part, um, South Retha Street. Um, so how does one even get from a Goldsboro High School if she was on the way to, mind you, on foot, walking from wherever she was to um, Goldsboro High School? How did she get, eventually get to South Retha Street? Yeah, and that's so unclear because we know that South Retha Street and Goldsboro High School, to for someone to be walking, like we know that this is, that's where her body was found, but there's no way she could have been walking from that area. Like that's how we know that she was abducted, and that's how I'm guessing that the the authorities know that she was abducted because um, South Retha Street from Goldsboro High School is like. 50-minute walk. 50 minutes? It's a 50-minute walk, so there's no way she was walking. So, I mean, unless she's walking from what, like Dudley or something like that? Literally, like... I I just don't see how she could... It's not... You're not passing, you know, by Aretha Street to get to to Goldsboro High School. Nobody's walking 50 minutes in the morning to to get... And like you you, uh, were saying when we were researching this, like, by like transit by bus or car whatever mm-hmm. um it would be less than like 10 minutes yeah but it'd be less than 10 foot, minutes I'm that's sure. a far walk from yeah. where her body was found too so we know that she was not come like Reetha street is where her body was found she's yeah. not yeah walking from and street. then two you just given even more context like if she went to goldsboro high school you would assume that she lives within the town of goldsboro exactly wait where was she coming from that's a great question because it's not even really clear. It doesn't is there's not a specific location that is named in most of the news reports that mm-hmm. we came through. It was only after scouring and researching for a couple of weeks that we were even able to come across a, a press release or an article that named that she was coming um, from a friend's house or yes. um, from Lincoln Homes or something like that. And let me let, let's be very clear here this press release that we found it wasn't even like an official source that we found it on we saw that like someone had typed it up from an official like newspaper clipping mm-hmm. so we again we don't even know if that's fact but right. it would make more sense it makes a lot more sense yes from. yes so from coming from the, her a friend's house in Lincoln Homes uh to Goldsboro High School is a 30 to 34 minute walk Mm-hmm, um, which makes a lot more sense than near an hour coming from Dudley. And something that's very important, um, we're millennials, um, something that's <laughs> very important that we, after like doing research and talking to uh, other people and gaining perspective, it was common in this time for children or for individuals to walk in groups mm-hmm. uh, to high school, even if it was 30 minutes. We were like, there's no way we would walk 30 yeah, minutes to school. Yeah, yeah. It sounds but, like more of a college thing. Yeah, but exactly. But yeah. I think, too, that's a great point because, you know, but even to that point, I would say if it was a common thing to walk, you know, and I know people may not have as the luxury of transportation, would she be walking by herself? That's just another unknown. Mm-hmm. Brandon, we do not know. Because, at least in my head, I would think that if I am walking from my friend's house to school, would not my other friends also go to the same school as me? They're living in an area that would you would go to Goldsboro High School. Would not I have caught a ride from my friend's parents if they had one, or if we were all walking, you know, to school together? You would think that, you know... Michelle would not have been alone walking if 
it is true that she was walking from a friend's house to Goldsboro High School. Yeah, so um, uh, many of you listening may have that exact question, like, who is she walking with? Where was she walking from? Again, we can only give you guys what we can find, what's available to us, and that is unclear. So if you know, if you think that you might know, if you heard somebody say that they knew who she was walking with or where she was walking from, if you know anything, please uh, report report it and let it be known. But that's yeah. just like one of the many mysteries of other mysteries that we're going to talk about covering this case. But yeah, we don't know. We just yeah. don't know. And because so many things are unknown about this case, like we really had to put our um, our ear to the ground and like really dig deep. Um, and in the effort to find more information, um, we just we decided to just ask people we knew. Have you have have you ever heard about this case? Um, what what was said about this case that you remember during this time? And guys, this is what we found out. Um, we found out. And this is where things just, like, got flipped upside down for me. I don't know about it for you, but as soon yeah. as I found this information, I called you right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where things got interesting for us. Um, unbeknownst, unbeknownst to us, uh, Michelle actually had family who lived lives in the neighborhood that I was raised in and where I grew mm. up in. Yeah. Um, so people, neighbors who still live in the neighborhood now, neighbors and, neighbor, and children who were growing up in the neighborhood at the time, um, I spoke, I've spoken with them, and they said that the day before Michelle was kidnapped, they actually remember her being in the neighborhood, and they wow. remember seeing her in the flesh, speaking to her, talking to her, and she s- said to them, she told them that she was going to a friend's house. So wow. there are a lot of gaps. Um, We don't know how she got to the friend's house. We don't know a lot. Right. But we know that uh, these children know that Michelle communicates in that she was going to a friend's house. So wow. I just say that to try to like to to bridge this gap about a friend mm-hmm. and Michelle's whereabouts. So yeah. Wow. That might be an actual lead. And you know, Brandon, one thing that just really resonated with me when I was speaking to these people, um, they told me that um, when they were children, after Michelle's body was found, um, that the whole dynamics of the neighborhood changed. Like, mm. children did not stay out past a certain time when the streetlights came on. Like, t- parents became, they got more strict because they were afraid, mm-hmm. um, not only for their safety, but their children's safety. Yeah, I can only imagine that when something hits so close to home. I feel like, in the case of a lot of, you know, true crime um, that we we already know, but it always seems like we know it happens, mm. but it doesn't happen here. It doesn't happen to someone mm. we know. It doesn't happen to us. Yeah. But not only is this a case that affected someone, affected someone that looked like us, but no, someone that people we know in our communities knew. Yeah. Someone from here, our hometown, with very similar background, mm it really felt like more so than a lot of other cases that we have looked at that this really could have been us. Yeah. And that's why for me, it hits like it hits home. Literally it hits home because Michelle was a part of this community. Michelle was a part, even though she was a part of the community before maybe um, I was born, Michelle, 
Michelle was still a part of the community. So I feel this sense of like responsibility um, mm-hmm. and belonging um, to just seek answers for Michelle. Right. And since we are approaching the 25th year anniversary of Michelle's untimely passing, we wanted to keep her memory alive. We did not want her life, her aspirations, and everything that she would have brought to this world to fade into obscurity. As we continue to explore cases of other people, other minorities, other African American people, just like Michelle, we want to keep a subtle reminder to everyone how much Michelle has impacted us. Anytime an episode of Killing Color will air in honor of Michelle, it will be on the 17th of every month because Michelle was killed when she was 17 years old. The flyers um, about Michelle's uh, murder have hung in silence for far too long. So in an attempt to break that silence, um, we plead, we beg of you, if you have any information um, about Michelle Wynn's murder, uh, if you think you may know anything, please call one 43 wanted That's one 439 We'd like to thank everyone for listening. I'm Tori. And I'm Brandon. Please join us next time, next month on the 17th, for another installment of Killing Color.